totally honest I wasn't sure if I was going to do this again but I'm here mainly because no matter how hard I try I can't seem to let this go something is driving me on probably just simple curiosity but I don't know if you're joining me here for the first time I recommend you go back and listen to the first installment or episode or or whatever this is. Believe me, things get complicated really quickly and I don't want you to get lost. As a recap, I basically found some boxes filled with stuff relating to a worldwide disaster that no one seems to remember. Or it never happened. More likely the second thing, but who knows? If this is all fiction, then I really do have to question the person who went to all this trouble to create the amount of stuff I found. So a catch-up. It won't come as any surprise to say that I've read more of the letters and reports and I've been looking into the newspapers. They stretch from March 1988 to the beginning of 1992, which would have been the immediate aftermath of the phenomenon. As far as I can see, the papers seem to collectively refer to it as the event or the phenomenon, which is incredibly creepy. It kind of reminds me of that comedy sketch show with that post-apocalyptic game show. You know, the one where they referred to the whatever ominous thing had happened to them as the event. Only unlike in the sketch, where no one would give any details as to what happened to them, this event is actually pretty well described. It seems like the sound was the main thing. This huge, overwhelming noise that engulfed the planet all at the same time. Every time zone was affected, which means it technically happened at different times of the day around the world. So for New Zealand, it was just before midnight, and in America it was in the morning, and in Europe it was the middle of the day, that, that kind of thing. Every single report says they heard this indescribable sound, which comes across as really lazy when you see it written down, but I don't think it's down to laziness. More like no one knew how to accurately describe it, yet with near enough everyone saying that they'd never heard anything like it before. It seems to be something that people felt as much as heard, and that it somehow screwed with people's nervous systems, shutting their bodies down for a few seconds. Which makes me wonder, is this why no one remembers? Was it built into the sound that our minds couldn't properly deal with it, and so this is why we all simply forgot, just so we could deal with it? But even if that was the case, there would be hints. Newspaper reports, TV, recordings, those things would still exist. Even if there was an enormous cover-up on a scale never seen before, we'd still hear rumours, wouldn't we? I mean, I know it happened in the days before the net, but conspiracy theories have always been popular. It doesn't make any sense for this global catastrophe to occur, and then for everyone to simply forget it happened. If I lost a loved one like that, I'd like to think I wouldn't forget. I've also been wondering about what it might have felt like. The event. Some of the letters describe the sensations in quite a lot of detail, and there are a lot of common threads. Pressure. Rumbling. Intense momentary plane. Bleeding. One thing no one remembers is the exact moment the people disappeared, though. It was... it was like the whole world collectively blinked, and in those few seconds some people were just... gone. Almost like they'd never existed in the first place, other than the, in the experience of the people who knew them. 
and I, I won't lie, that kind of messes with my mind a bit. Okay, a lot. How many people really are real? I thought about this a lot recently. How many times have you gone on holiday or moved to a new area or met someone totally new only to find out that they're from your hometown or that they knew your dad or they were once best friends with your cousin? It seems that everywhere you go you bump into people that are connected to you in some way. We call it coincidence, but what if it's not? It's like that old philosophical question, isn't it? If a tree falls in the woods and there's no one to hear it, does it make a sound? I mean, of course, yes, it does. Sound waves are a thing. Science knows that. But does it matter? There are billions of people on this planet and we can't all know each other, which in turn means most of these people are complete abstracts. If you've never met somebody, do they really exist? Look at it this way. Before you started listening to me ramble on, I, I didn't exist to you guys. Was it the same with these people? If the trauma is too much, too huge, do our minds simply make us forget? Anyway, to the newspapers. A lot of them are in languages I don't speak. I'm ashamed to say that unfortunately the old stereotype that the English don't learn other languages is, in my case at least, tragically true. I keep wondering if I should ask someone to help, maybe see if anyone could translate some of them for me, but then I'd have to explain what it's all about, where I found it, all of that, and I don't think that's a good idea. Not right now, anyway. Thankfully, probably not the right word, but hey-ho, there's enough material in English for me to pile through. And maybe I'll find someone later if I keep this up. Oh, I don't know. All the articles I can read start talking about this sound a couple of days after the event. Local newspapers obviously picked it up first, the day after for most of them, by the looks of it. No real internet or 24-hour news cycles back then meant it took longer for the national and international news to start making links. By the 2nd of March, conclusions were being drawn, and by the 3rd of March, the big headlines appear. Okay. Global disaster. What caused the world to scream? What was that? Global phenomenon leaves the world reeling. We are all lost. What happened that fateful day? Etc, etc, ad nauseum, stuff like that. It takes a bit longer for the thread of the disappearances to filter through. They are mentioned, but it takes a while for the media to connect the dots on that front. That's probably because while three and a half million people missing sounds a lot, out of a global population of just over five billion in 1988, it is a tiny percentage. I'm not that good at maths, but according to my calculator, it comes out at about 0.07 of the global population. But it's still a huge number when you compare it to how many people die on average per day, around 150 to 180,000. So once the story got out there, it did become a huge thing. I mean, of course it did. How could it not? The next big thing in headlines is people trying to work out what the hell happened, which then led to the sound. What was it? Something natural or something else? I've done some research into anomalous sounds. I'm not saying I'm good at this, and I'm sure there are loads of people out there who know way more about this than I do, but yeah, they are surprisingly common. Things like the hum seem to be reported all over the world, in Europe, the US, Canada, Australia, you name it, someone's heard something weird. The hum tends to be just that, a low-frequency humming that not everyone can hear. But for those that can hear it, it's maddening. And when I say that not everyone can hear it, I mean not everyone can pick up those sound frequencies. Sound is really odd. 
because unless you're deaf, you kind of take it for granted. We all assume we can hear the same things, but that's not true. Some people experience sound really differently. I mean, we all know someone who can't abide the sound of someone chewing, um, and me, I am that someone, or can't deal with high-pitched squeals or whatever. And I don't know if you remember, but there were those mosquito things that people tried to use to stop teenagers from congregating. They used really high frequencies that only kids could hear, and the theory was that the sound would drive them nuts and they wouldn't want to go to those places. But older people, who generally can't hear those frequencies, wouldn't be affected. And now, I, I don't think I need to say anything about how absolutely unethical this is. I mean, come on. But it is interesting, and it's the same principle with dogs. We can't hear those whistles, but they sure can. I wonder if any other animals were affected by the sound. If any animals disappeared too. I suppose that's something we'll never know. Hell, I'm hoping none of this happened, but... Anyway, back to weird noises. It turns out that lower frequencies can also cause us problems. Quite a few people think that ghost sightings and the like can be explained by low-frequency sounds. There's a really interesting case whether there was a scientist... I don't know exactly where he worked or anything, but he was a logical, well-educated guy. He started to have these weird encounters in his office. He went from being completely rational to thinking his workspace was haunted, that he was hearing stuff, feeling a presence, etc. It turns out the air conditioning in the building he worked in had just been upgraded or, or fixed or something, and there was a faulty fan that was producing these really low sound frequencies. And it was this that was bothering him. Once they fixed the fan, the haunting stopped, which is kind of fascinating in its own right. So there's loads of evidence out there that we are very much affected by sound frequencies. And for the purpose of this exploration, as we're assuming this event actually happened at some point, which means there's a pretty good chance that if a sound was produced that it was A, loud enough, and B, the right frequency, then yeah, hy hypothetically, people would have been affected by it. The biggest issue is how did it affect the entire globe all at once? This is when my research got a bit sort of you know, complicated, as in a bit out there. But then again, huh, yeah, everything about this is a bit out there. First off, the Earth itself. Was this a natural phenomenon, a huge earthquake or maybe a supervolcano? People say Yellowstone has been due to blow for years, but if it had done that, then the whole planet would be uninhabitable and there definitely would have been more reports of deaths, if there had been any reports at all, given most of the US would have been blown to smithereens with disastrous knock-on effects for the rest of the world. Due to this, I think it's pretty safe to say that in this instance, it probably wasn't any of those things. But then there's the sea. It turns out that the ocean is a massive source of huge, weird sounds. It seems that deep water earthquakes, icebergs, fault lines moving and even continental plates shifting all cause these huge sounds and that scientists monitor them and collate them. Maybe that's what the sound was. Some kind of huge earth movement happened. Something that's never happened during human experience and so has never been recorded before. Something so devastating that it reshaped, I don't know, reality as we know it. And then there's the man-made stuff, nuclear blasts or maybe an experiment gone wrong. I doubt there was any kind of weapon deployed, as that would definitely have made headlines, but remember the paranoia when the Large Hadron Collider was first switched on? There are still people who think that caused some kind of reality shift, which explains all the shitty stuff that's gone on recently. 
what if there was something like that going on? I mean, what it might be, I don't know, but it's a possibility, right? That we created something that broke the world? It seems a pretty human thing to do, if you ask me. But that's also very typically human-centric of me. While I am in no doubt we are quite capable of being the instruments of our own downfall, I mean, hello, climate crisis, we discount the universe our planet sits in. And no, I'm not saying it was aliens. Well, you know, not yet, at least. Uh, this is already strange enough without adding in little green men. It turns out, like the oceans, there are also these weird sounds from space. This sound swept over the whole planet, so another hypothesis that is that it could be extraterrestrial in origin. And again, not aliens, but more along the lines of solar winds or strange sunspot activity. Hell, maybe a black hole opened up nearby, and the first thing we knew about it was it engulfing the planet and knocking everyone out for a few seconds. Maybe that's what knocked everything off kilter. Maybe we're still falling into that black hole and everything's gone strange, and, and that's the reason why none of us can remember this happening. I mean, no one really knows what's inside an event horizon, do they? Of course they have theories. Far cleverer people than me have done all the equations, but that's not the same as actually experiencing it, is it? Maybe we're doing the planetary version of all our lives flicking in front of our eyes. Or maybe we're falling through lots of different realities all at once. Then there's that one that makes me feel the most uncomfortable. That this was indeed a punishment but sent from God. I'm not religious. I had the standard kind of Church of England upbringing, which basically means the only times you go to church is for weddings, funerals, to watch your kids do the Harvest Festival at Christingle when they're very small, and maybe on Christmas Eve if you're drunk enough and you fancy singing some carols. Badly. When it comes to actual faith and devotion, well, it's just a bit awkward, isn't it? Everyone pretends to be out when the Jesus crew are in town banging on doors. And I mean no disrespect with that. It's just how it is for most people here but I can't ignore that there could be a religious angle to all of this. A lot of people did, after all, think that the sound was a punishment from God. And there's a reason for that. The whole revelations thing, with the trumpets heralding the end of the world and all that. Allegedly, as the seven seals are broken, a trumpet is sounded, played by an angel. All manner of awful things are supposed to happen with the sounding of each trumpet. You know, fire and brimstone and all of that. And with the sounding of the seventh and last trumpet, some factions believe this is when the rapture takes place. And while I hadn't read all of the reports, I can say that in the early days, quite a few people thought those who disappeared were raptured off, while the rest of us were left to deal with hell being unleashed. I mean, I don't know about you, I know things are pretty bad at times, but actual literal hell on earth? I don't think that's what happened. <laughs> but hey, what would I know? Maybe part of being in hell is being forced to forget that you had a chance at salvation and blew it. Except for this aching sense of ennui that none of us seem to be able to satiate. And that's just Christianity. If I went into all the apocalyptic myths of all world religions, I think I'd be here all year. Needless to say, I don't know what the answer is. And all this makes my head ache. I have no doubt I'll be revisiting some of this stuff in the future. But looking at it all together it makes me feel like my brain is melting. There are so many potential theories out there. I'm hoping that with some time, some of them might start to make sense. So, until then, here's another letter. It isn't a long one, but make of it what you will, I suppose. In memory of my mother. 
My mother wasn't a kind woman. She was a practical woman. Everything she did had a reason and she suffered no fools. We had our problems, our periods of estrangement, but at the end, I knew it was right to be there with you as you made your final journey. When the doctor called that morning to say to come in as soon as possible, I wasn't surprised. To die on your birthday rang true to me. You'd been hanging on by a thread for weeks, months even, as if it was your only goal. If it was good enough for Shakespeare, then I guess it was good enough for you, but it had left you empty. There was simply nothing left of you. Nothing I recognised, anyway. Your once robust frame was reduced to that of a spindly bird, all hollow bones and dust. The hard planes of your face, never all that soft to begin with, were now sunken and cadaverous. I won't lie, the thought of you slipping away peacefully was a relief, for me as much as for you. But you always were so very, very stubborn. Gerald wanted to come with me, but I made him stay home. I think he was secretly relieved that he didn't have to pretend, to be honest. And I know you wouldn't have wanted him there. You never did accept our relationship. I know what you called us, what you called me. The fact that our relationship has lasted longer than your marriage to my father was an irony I always savoured. Everyone around us was speaking in low, reverential tones. We do that around the dying, like it matters. Your death rattled your lungs, forcing unwatered breaths in and out as you stubbornly clung onto a life you couldn't actually live with the dominant sound. A nurse came in to check on you, giving me a suitably sympathetic look. When you took in that long, gasping inhale, I thought that was it. My heart stuttered in my chest and tears sprang to my eyes despite, or maybe because of, the emotional turmoil you always stirred within me. Was this it? Was I about to become an orphan? It doesn't matter at what age it happens. Losing your last parent means you are finally cut loose. Those last few strings of parental control finally gone. Some sag and crumple when this happens, aware of how to define themselves now that they have no one to hold them accountable. Others spring up, finally free and able to make their own decisions without guilt or favour. I'd like to think I was the latter, but no, I was definitely the former. Whether I liked it or not, you defined every part of my life, Mother. I held my breath as I waited for your last. But rather than slipping peacefully, your eyes flew open and you turned your head towards me. I froze. I thought you'd been sedated to ease your passing. The doctors had told me as much. People this close, they don't want you to feel pain. They warned me that you wouldn't respond or make any indication that you knew I was there, but I should speak to you anyway. But here you were, staring at me with such intensity I half expected you to rise from the bed and demand to know what the bloody hell was going on. Instead, you stared at me and muttered, What's that? At first I was insulted. Not who's that, but what's that? As if I was a thing and not a person, not your son. But before I could gather my thoughts and respond, I realised you weren't looking at me. You were looking at something behind me. I turned. Nothing was there. I swallowed, feeling suddenly nervous. I'd heard tales of this, of those close to death asking about people around them, or what was that light above them? What is it? 
you croaked again. I could hear the impatience in your voice, a last prestige of your former self. It's okay, Mum, I said, my voice cracking. It won't be long now. No, 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 no. You didn't sound scared, more irritated. Annoyed that something you didn't understand was there, waiting for you in a place beyond my sight. Then you whispered, It's coming. And the sound hit. Like a hidden riptide, the sound whipped through us, a rising roar that pulped my insides and threw me from the chair. I hit the floor and I was certain it was bubbling, the hard tiles rippling the way skin does in an intense blast. I shouted with it, screaming as I tried to cover my ears as more harmonies joined in and the intensity built, until I was sure that the devil himself had come to claim you. And then it stopped. There was no training off like a train leaving a station. One moment, a terrible cacophony. The next, eerie silence. I lay on the floor, my cheeks sticky with blood against the cold tiles. Dazed, I, I rolled onto my back. Other people around me were doing the same. The nurse, a much younger woman, was trying to sit up. She was crying, her confusion plain. Then came a gasp, and the air turned electric. Where is she? It took me a moment to figure out who they meant. I hauled myself upright, using the chair beside me as an anchor. That's when I realised why everyone sounded so confused. Your bed was empty. Where did she go? The nurse asked again, her eyes wide and wild, thin rivulets of blood still trickling from the corners of their sockets. No one answered, because no one knew. One moment you were laying there, drawing your final breath. Next, you were gone. A monstrous giggle bubbled up within me. Maybe I was right. Maybe the devil did come to claim you. I won't lie. I pity the poor bastard if he did. Talk about not knowing what you've got yourself into. Later, it, it came out that others had disappeared too. Adults, children, even babies, all gone. Had the devil come for them too? It's been three years now and no one has been able to answer that question. No one knows where they went or what happened to them. I just hope they're not all in hell trying to live up to your impossible standards. Well, I found this one interesting, not only because a bedridden woman seemingly up and vanished, but also for the references to the devil taking her. There are quite a few letters that allude to similar things, maybe not the devil, but to something plucking these people from their lives, like a, a kid picking up a beetle to take home and then put in a jam jar. The beetle has no concept of this. T to them, they've been abducted, whisked off to a place they can't even imagine, leaving the creatures they've left behind to wonder where their friend has disappeared off to. Maybe the child spoke to the beetle, and the others feared a terrible noise before it happened. I don't know. All I do know is that whatever did happen, it's probably beyond our capability to understand fully. But that doesn't mean I'm going to give up. Until next time. Okay. There's a museum of the missing. Museum of the Missing is written, performed, and produced by Claire Waller. The title song, Museum of the Missing, was written by David Rizal and is performed by David Rizal and Claire Rizal. It is used with permission. If you're enjoying the story, please rate, review and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Contact details and social media links are in the show notes. 
If you wish, you may also buy the podcast a coffee at Museum of the Missing. Thank you for listening. Strange, about them, why to wait, about time.